This podcast is brought to you by PencilPay. Take your wholesale account applications online, collect the billing method, and control when you get paid. Welcome to Product Hub. I'm your host, Tim Dimitriou. Today's guest is Josh Barton. He's from Barton Brands. They're a manufacturer and distributor of products in the health and FMCG verticals. This business is in Josh's blood. With his family, he's been involved in the trade for 30, 40 years. We hear about working for your family, working away from your family, and scaling product businesses, utilizing skills that you've learned over a bunch of years. He's very open and honest with his conversation, and I really think you'll enjoy it. Hope you enjoy the podcast. And what, um, what made you go out and actually start Barton Brands? You obviously needed to make a, a cut from where you were, and you went and Worked um worked under Sukin for a little bit didn't work out. Um, mm-hmm. what was so? Did you go? Um, did you cut that and then go directly across, or or did you have a break? Or because I cared so much for the team that I was representing, I just couldn't. It, it sounds weird, you know. You think you would stick around? I stuck around for as long as I could, um, but it got to a point it was just too heavy on my shoulders um, to to see the changes that were coming through. Uh, and again, I just spoke to my dad. I just said, mate, what, what do you think I should do? And when he sold the business, we didn't sell all the, or they didn't actually want to purchase. I guess there was no kind of value on it, but the relationships we had with some of our clients, our international ones. Um, and we still maintain that. And as a side business to the brokerage, my dad still had a, um, a warehousing business. Mm-hmm. And so I bought that off him, the warehousing side. and with that, we inherited um, the contracts with some international clients. Uh, and I was actually doing that kind of on the side when I was working for, for Sukin and BWX. But um, I just said to dad, you think I can make a go of it with just, with just this if I put all my attention into it? And so we did. We kind of just put our cards on the table and, and, uh, and went for it. Um, and here we are about seven years later. So seven years. Okay. Yeah. Seven, seven years these days is a long time to be in one business, even if it, even if it is your own, um, I especially had, through, especially through COVID. Absolutely. Yeah. I had seven in my previous business and, um, yep. and that was, yeah, that was an awful long time by the end of it. So, can you run me through exactly what Barton Brands does? Because I, um, you know, I thought that with your background, you guys might've been, you know, true distributors and going in and selling and stuff, but it looks like you've yep. got much more of a logistics, um, warehousing, um, kind of flavor to what you guys do and looking on your website, it's pretty clear that that's the, you know, that's a fair bit of the crux of the business, but then you've got brands that you represent as well. Can you yep. give me a bit of an indication of? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, like I said, uh, we kind of tailor our needs to our clients. And because we have international clients, you kind of have to be a bit of a jack of all trades. Um, and we look for clients that are wanting that full package, you know, warehousing, brand development, um, digital marketing. So we really do need to have um, our kind of fingers in all the different pies. So we have the warehousing side of things. Um, uh, and that's really as well for the brands that we're looking to bring out in the future under our own banner. Um, so own them ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. and then we, because of my history, a lot of the business is working with retailers, um, and getting the product into retail, but again, COVID kind of shifted that a little bit. 
Um, so we have to shift as well. We're still working with all the major retailers and I enjoy working with them and I have always enjoyed working with them, but the market and the category is changing so dramatically. Um, and we've had to put a lot of our attention online. Yep. Um, and previously that wasn't our focus, uh, our main focus because of our agreements with our retailers. Um, and those relationships, you know, you don't want to be pulling sales out of retail stores, especially like someone like Woolies um, and driving them more direct. Um, so when COVID did hit, we, uh, we had to change things. So we educated ourselves on our um, digital marketing space uh, and we're really trying to drive things there as well. So yeah, we do offer warehousing, brand development, distribution. Um, and then for some brands, uh, it's more just uh, a liaison role. So, you know, just, just speaking with them about their brands, helping them get set up. Um, I've had countless brands come to me over the years asking us to, to broker them or, or just help them get set up for them for the category that they're aiming for, you know, whether it's retail. Um, and actually I really enjoy working with those type of brands. They're probably yeah. who I enjoy working with, you know, sometimes the most is those new brands trying to break into the category that have um, done a little bit of research and are looking for information um, about how to set their brand up properly. Because I don't know if you've experienced it in your line of work, but so many brands come to you already got the formulation, already got the packaging done, already got everything done. And, and it's hard to work with someone like that who's already got all their ducks lined up, who haven't actually experienced retail before. Um, and so, so they might be too far down the line, but may have gone slightly the wrong way down the line type of thing. It's not like they've gone the wrong way. It's more that they didn't really understand their customer and and they didn't didn't know how the pricing structures are really set up with the retail groups. And, you know, you need to have different pricing structures and where you start from and then discounts come out from underneath that and trading terms and, and even packaging, you know, they, they have like, you know, 12 unit cartons or 12 unit inners. And, yeah. you know, someone like Woolies doesn't want a 12 unit inner. They want, you know, like a four or six unit inner. Or, um, you know, they have a product that has a really... Uh, a wide, you know, kind of um, width at the front. So, you know, they're taking up a lot of space on shelf and that's something that Woolworths or, or most major retailers, Woolies, Coles, Chemist Warehouse, won't want as well because they just can't fit you into the planogram. And so they've already developed their brand and gone so far down the track with what they thought was, you know. Cool. <laughs> exactly. And then they come to someone like me and I've said, oh, well, um, you know, we're going to struggle a little bit here. We're going to struggle a little bit there. So do you want to look at changing that now um, and have the best possible setup to, to go into retail? Or would you like me to just go and present to these retailers as is? And um, unfortunately, most of the times they just say, well, we, we can't go and, you know, redo everything um, because we've got stock sitting in the warehouse in cartons and in inners and in these quantities. So, um, yeah, I think it's really important for a brand to, to get some advice before they get too far sure. down the track. For sure. I think from an education piece, I mean, what do you think, what do you think of the, probably the three, you know, when you're um, creating your product aside from taste and all that type of thing, just in just, yeah. just pure size, shape, 
et cetera. What are the yeah. things that a person creating a product need to think about when they want to go and stock in a major retailer? Yeah. It's a good question. And it's, it's, it's the question you should be asking yourself when, when you're thinking of develop, developing a brand. And um, obviously pricing. I mean, if you want to get into major retail, you, ha- you have to think about your pricing first. So when, you know, we're going through it now, we're designing a brand at the moment, um, but I've obviously done it before. And you send off your, because um, I don't manufacture any of our product ourselves, we outsource that. And so you're speaking with your manufacturer and, you know, you probably get your samples back to start with and, and it's the best product in the world to start with, you know, because you put all your, oh, we want this, we want this, we want this, we want it to smell like this, we want all these great ingredients, we want it to be vegan and natural and we want, you know, eco-friendly packaging and all of it. And so you get your samples in and you say, oh, how much is that going to cost? And, you know, it'll be up here, you know. Um, and unfortunately, n- not always you see the best product on shelves. You see the, the best designed product on shelves. So, you know, you're thinking about your customer and you're thinking, oh, well, they're not, they're not going to buy this $30 lip balm or something like that, you know. Mm. Um, so then from there, you start cutting away at, um, you know, your ingredients or, or, or anywhere that you can kind of give a little bit of space. Or if you're really cashed up, it depends on how many units you can buy. So, and that's, that's where your pricing kind of starts is what's your price from your manufacturer? Can you afford to buy that many units to get your pricing down? And from that, can you then give all the discounts required by major retailers um, to be cost effective for them or, or, or appealing for them? You know, they got to make their margin um, and then you have to make profit on top of that. Yeah, and a yeah. lot of people forget that, you know, it's not just the pricing, it's the promotional activity that you've got to commit to as well. Yeah. So pricing is number one and packaging for space on shelf. Um, so could you design it to be a little less wide um, for shelf and make it a little bit deeper? Mm-hmm. You know, when no longer carrying, you know, 10 to 12 units on shelf, there's two to three units on shelf. Um even if you're not talking about a major retailer, if you're talking about like a, a smaller retail group, you know, like any pharmacy group can order from one of the three major pharmaceutical warehouses and pretty much get it the next day. So they're not really worried about, you know, weighted stock anymore on shelf. Um, so making it so that you're not making it more difficult for that category manager to put your product in because oh, I only need this much space or we have three products and it's, it's this wide, you know, rather than one product being that wide. Um, And then probably lastly is, is a mix of all that. It's just understanding the category Um, and what the other competitors are doing regarding pricing. If you can afford to purchase data in Australia, it's, it's quite expensive, but if you can uh, uh, afford to purchase, um, you know, Aztec data or whatever data you're looking at purchasing. And you can look at what the other brands are, are selling for and what are the other brands are, are, what type of sales they're doing. Yep. Um, you know, that's really um, valuable, super valuable. Um, it is very expensive. So if you can't afford that, like we haven't bought that for all the categories we've worked in. Um, we just go stand in front of the category in a Woolies or Coles or Chemist Warehouse or, 
and and have a look at what the other brands are doing, see their pricing, see their packaging, um, and just trying to understand the category as much as I can, jump online, see what they're doing digitally, see if they're sponsoring any um, influences, um, see what they're, you know, even if you can look in, in the back end and see if they're doing any types of promotions and um, really just understanding who you're going up against um, and who owns the brands that are on that, on that, in that category as well. And if they're all owned by the, same, by the same group. <laughs> well, owned by the same group or owned by a really major group that you would struggle to compete with financially. Oh, yeah. The yeah. brands. So the brands that mm-hmm. you actually distribute and work with, and you're saying that you create brands yourself or you're in yeah. the midst of doing that. Um, probably if you can give us an indication of the brands that you do represent and work with, mm-hmm. but also um, if you want to, you know, mention any of the brands that you have, I'd love to understand what you go through from a, from way to go to bring a brand to life. Do you start with the research side of things or do you start with an idea or a hypothesis or what's that? Yep. What does that look like? Uh, I know it's a, well, and I'm probably asking you for a little bit of IP here, but, but, no, I, it's okay. but um, no, it's, it's a, it's a interesting, um, interesting um, to understand the place where you need to start because yep. there's, there's got to be a market need, but you also have to be passionate about the product. So you've got, yeah. Well, it's funny. So one of our brands is a feminine hygiene product called the Diva Cup. Um, so that's a menstrual cup. And it, we got into this product because uh, when I met my wife um, at college, I was, she asked me to grab something from her bag. And I uh, opened a bag and I said, oh, should I not be kind of going in here? Um, and she was like, you'll never find anything in there. And I was like, what does that mean? Um, and she explained to me that she doesn't use pads or tampons. She uses a, a diva cup. Um, and I thought that was one of the oddest things I've ever heard. Um, cause this was years ago, obviously. So, uh, and she knew what we did as a company. This was back when it was still my dad's business. And she said, you guys should represent this brand. And so really that just got the kind of my brain ticking about, you know, how many people would benefit from a brand like this, you know? Um, and when I started looking into it, um, we were, you know, we were really interested. Um, so I just contacted them and said who we were and uh, that's how it kind of started. And that's how it started with a lot of our brands is someone will bring it to our attention at least the clients that we have, um, you know, so the other one is true earth, the eco-friendly way of doing your laundry. Um, that was my mother-in-law. She was like, Oh, have you guys heard about this brand? And then I started looking around and, and the more you hear it, the, you know, the more you're like, maybe this could work. So again, I just wrote to them and was really lucky that, uh, they were looking for an Australian, uh, distributor. And so we, we applied and obviously, um, they interviewed us and, and they liked us. So we got the role. And that's how a lot of our international clients kind of happened. We sought them out after hearing about the brand and me doing some research on how I think it would go in a, in a country like Australia and how well they're doing overseas and is their selling points. And that's what we were talking about before is like, you know, is their product differentiation? You know, you know it, do I think I could sell this into a major retailer do i think i could sell this online you know because one they've already got a good customer base or two there's really something about this brand that i think is going to take off and so for those two brands and and some of the other brands were represented that's how it started for the ones we're manufacturing um it's very similar as well um we're doing a uh, an after sun product 
Um, and you know, like I like to be in the sun, I get burnt all the time by accident, you know, and we had a brand that we represented, um, for years, which, which I used to use, um, on my sunburn and, you know, you'd, you'd tan by the next day. And usually I like, I'm a lizard. So I'd like, you know, go out in the sun. You, you probably wouldn't be the same, mate. Um, <laughs> my business partner, Greg, I have to give him a plug here. We are actually call we actually call him the lizard because every time there's a moment of sun and we're in Melbourne here, so, you know, we don't get a huge yeah. amount of it. But every time there's a moment of sun, he's got his shirt out and he's out there like on his laptop working away. So he's- I'll uh, send him some product, mate, once it's done. <laughs> done. Sounds good. But really it was, it, it came out of a need for myself to, you know, to, to have a product uh, that really worked. Um, and so we contacted them probably six months ago because I, I didn't see them on shelf anymore. It, you know, we'd kind of parted ways since, uh, since my dad's business. And I thought maybe we can represent them again. And he's like, oh, I want to sell it. And so we bought that off them and, and spoke to the manufacturer, tweaked a few things. And then from there, <coughs> excuse me, it's, um, you know, branding, um, branding and pricing. Um, and so that's where we, we've just finished the, the branding today and sent the, uh, the new design work off for the packaging to the manufacturer. So, excuse me a sec. I don't think I've talked this much in a while. I know. But, <laughs> um, I have that effect uh, on people. <laughs> oh, mate. And all the, all the COVID nonsense just sticks around forever. Um, but, uh, and then lastly, um, and this is probably the one I'm most excited about. We're bringing out a brand called, uh, we're not even set on the name yet, but it's a tattoo aftercare range. Mm -hmm. And, uh, this one's a bit different because of the opportunity I see here isn't just to do with, you know, yeah, a lot of Australians get tattoos. Can I butt in quickly? Sure. <coughs> what do I do today if I get a tattoo for aftercare? Okay. Well, there's plenty of products out there. Um, there's a few, not, not a whole lot in pharmacy, but usually if you go into a tattoo studio, um, hopefully, and, and if they're a little bit savvy, they'll be selling their own, tattoo care range or um or someone else's um that's available i don't want to name drop any of our future competitors but of course not. <laughs> um uh you know there that that's the thing is it, it for this one it's not like i saw this massive gap in the market i did see it in retail um because there's only one kind of major brand doing anything um but more so because um, of the people I know who I'm getting involved with the process. <coughs> so, um, like the influencer side of things. Yeah. So this one, I saw a, a really clear channel. That's massive. It's massive in tattoo world, isn't it? That in, the in, like influencer, I mean, because it's everything's so visual. Yeah. Uh, um, it, yep. it makes, it makes perfect sense. And they're, they're wild about tattoos. They're very, like people with a lot are very passionate about it, aren't they? Yeah. So I just went to the tattoo expo two weeks ago and, um, yeah, I just, I, because of the people we're getting involved with, you know, um, that's what made it so appealing to me. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and the quality of the product's going to be great at, at the right price. And because you know, like we were talking about before, what the three main things, you know, 
pricing packaging and understanding their category. Um, not a lot of brands in that space uh, are thinking about those things on a retail level. You know, usually it's it's a tattoo studio wants to sell aftercare, so mm. they've they're either um, private labeling a different product or doing something along those lines. They're not thinking, you know, our bread and butter is going to be tattoo aftercare. So I'm really excited about that one actually because <clears throat> one, I like tattoos and um, and two, uh, I just really excited to, to work with the people in this space because they're quite big and um, and there's avenues into, um, you know, studios, um, into expos and I just see that flowing over into retail and then hopefully internationally. So, And you'd imagine that online would be a massive channel for that as well, right? Definitely. Um, I mean, like we were kind of saying before, it's that balance of what are you going to aim for? Are you going to aim for being exclusively online mm. and make all that margin? Or are you going to try to go retail and, and, and do, you know, more mass units? Um, and for this brand, I think it's going to be a little bit of a mix of both where um, I think that those online sales are really going to flow well over into retail. And then that's where the brand will hit that new level of awareness. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's most, all of our brands have come from either recommendation, which I've looked into and noticed that a lot of people are thinking about this space or something personal like the after sun, which I think is, uh, and that's going to be more online that brand. <laughs> because it's going to be your, you know, your before and after shots and just proof of proof that the product works. Um, is it like it's not going to? Is it a, is it is it far away <laughs> from a, from a from an aloe vera type of product? I don't want to bag on any other product, but aloe vera doesn't I, tend I find, to really work I, for me. Yeah, I, I find that stuff is uh, it's crap. It doesn't work, and it just makes me feel sticky. Yeah, listen, I mean, I, I didn't say that, but... Um, <laughs> I did, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. If you say that, um, we're just looking at educating our customers on what really works in this space and uh, what ingredients really work. And, and uh, yeah, listen, it's not going to be, I don't think, our biggest brand, but it's going to be um, another brand, a brand in the, um, in the portfolio, um, which I think is going to do well and not take a whole lot of um time to set up and and get pumping so and truly yeah, like, does, i was gonna say it truly does need to be an international play as well because uh you, if you only get six months worth of sales it'd be, be pretty difficult exactly <laughs> exactly but i don't actually mind that too much to be honest um i mean when you're thinking about us as a as a um, distributor in a warehouse cash flow is you know something that you really have to be quite um uh well concerned about um and being able to purchase product um, for each of your brands, depending on the, uh, the cycle. So I don't mind that, you know, we have a seasonal brand um, that I don't have to hold a lot of stock through winter on. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'll, yeah. It might allow you to, it allows you to recoup the funds for everything from, from the retailers you work with and all that type of thing, which we, we know, you know, we know is probably the hardest or, or one of the hardest parts in business is, is managing financials and cash flow. So Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and cool. so do you want to, what is, you want to tell me a little bit about pencil, mate? Pencil paint? Um, oh, I, I can, I can probably, um, 
probably, I mean, I could do it after the recording if you like. Um, <laughs> but um, but um, look, basically, I mean, we're a we're a we're a platform for wholesalers and suppliers and distributors, and um, mm-hmm. what we do is we um, look after one of the really annoying parts of of your job, which is getting a credit application completed and signed and all the rest of it. Um, so, yeah. you know, we we deal with um, all different types of wholesalers and suppliers, you know, health and breweries and distilleries and you know FMCG brands and food brands and you know you, you name it, construction supplies. Um, any right. any uh, any any relationship where they ha- where it's governed by credit application and customers ordering regularly, um, mm-hmm. and, and they're going direct to a to an SME. So it's not the kind of thing that's going to manage your Coles or Woolies relationship, but um, it is the kind of thing that's going to manage your relationship with individual pharmacies or pharmacy groups or um, you know or I, you know, IGAs and that type of thing. You know we've got. Sure. Got about eighty or ninety IGAs and food works and that type of thing on the platform that 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 um you know pay pay some of their bills through us through our platform, um as well as you know as well as a bunch of other bottle shops and other retailers and you know independent supermarkets and basically you name it hospitality venues and really the core of it is um really the core of it is being able to being able to make sure that you know one hundred percent that you're going to get paid and the way we do that is. Customer uses our credit application. They apply. We link in with ASIC and um, Equifax. Mm-hmm. We do all your credit, um, all your all your credit checking on the spot. So and the customer completes the form and gets a credit check in about sixty seconds, as opposed to you know a couple of days, which it can take sometimes for the for the credit application to come back and yeah and come back a bit tatty. And we also collect the payment details, payment method as part of that credit application. So direct debit, credit card, etc. And we just when mm-hmm. we just uh, build a customer via auto billing and what it does is it means that you never have cash to collect <laughs> and that's, that's been, awesome man yeah that's been really the 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 main thing we we actually we represent a brand um that's in a lot a lot of pharmacies there are about 600 odd pharmacies that they um have their probiotic in and and uh yeah. you know they got receivables of of a couple of thousand a couple of thousand dollars right now so um you know that just shows the uh it shows that they're religious about it but yeah that's great. You saw a need, build a need. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And it's a bloody big need. <laughs> a lot of people don't yeah. know they need it though, so that's the that's half the battle. <laughs> that's all right. Most people don't know they need my brands as well until exactly you until have they're to educate them. Um, yeah. Mate, that was awesome. Um, we could probably wind up there, but no, really good chat. Really, really, really educational. Actually, it's a good story. Yeah, thanks for that. I mean, it's a it's a long story, but it's really just something that we've fallen into that, you know, a lot, a lot of, you, you talk to a lot of young people and, you know, you're like, what do you want to do? And they're like, oh, I want to be a teacher. I want to be this. I want to be that. And uh, really at the end of the day, you've got to just get out there and, and, and try things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that kind of shapes where you end up and you have to be, uh, you have to be thankful for what you have and, and uh, just work hard. And, and that's where we've come to. And, we enjoy it right now. We well, we try to enjoy it. There's there's obviously tough days, but oh, I saw it. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, like if you had told me when I was you know 18 or 19 that this is what I'd be doing, I'd I'd tell you you're crazy. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I I wanted to be like a youth social worker back then. Um, and uh, the, uh, the young uh, young naivety, and, and yeah. then you realize there was a thing called money, which is good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was actually speaking to a, a young friend of mine the other day, and I said, "What do you want to be?" He said, "I want I want to be an indoor soccer player, like a professional indoor soccer player." 
And uh, I just said, oh, when's that on TV? Um, and he's like, oh, it's not. And I was like, oh, so how do you make money? Yeah, and he, you just saw the lights kind of go on in his head. And he's like, oh, yeah, money, you know. Um, uh, and that's kind of how life works is, is just hopefully you can um, you can work your, yourself into a position which you do somewhat enjoy and, and you're able to make a lifestyle out of it. Yeah, if you had have, um, if you had have told me when I was thirty three that that when I was thirty seven I'd have a software business, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's funny how it, how it all works out. But mate, mm-hmm. um, but mate, I'll just um, I'll wind up there. Thanks so much. Yeah, that's fine. And um, and- thanks for tuning into Product Hub. This episode was brought to you by Pencil Pay, the world's fastest credit application and payment software for product sellers and their wholesale customers. If you sell products on payment terms, check us out at www.pencilpay.com and start getting paid on time today. I'm your host, Tim Dimitriou. See you next time.